Hey, my name is Sheldon March. Welcome to Wild. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? It's me, Sheldon. And we are back for another episode of The Niche on the Wild. Uh, with your host, Sheldon, which is myself. Hi. How you doing, Sheldon? Good. Yeah, man. What about you? Yeah, I'm fine. And we have Liam. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us again. Good to see you, man. Now, something in the news. Do you like rap music, Sheldon? Rap? Dude, rap is 75% crap. <laughs> Do you know an artist called DMX? Uh, isn't that the name of a drug? No, it's the name of a rapper, and he died recently. I did hear about that. Um, he does that song. Uh, trying to think of his songs. So, oh wait, isn't it? It's tricky. Doesn't he? Does, isn't he? It's tricky. No, that's Run DMC. Oh yeah, I'm gonna Google it. So he was known as the Dog because he used to have like a. A barking kind of voice when he used to rap. He used to do what rap. <laughs> yeah, I used to like him. There was one song that he did was like rolling, can't get up. I can't remember how it goes, but whenever I had like this playlist I used to have on the gym, and a few of his songs are on there. I'm not saying I'm a massive DMX fan, but out of the rappers from the '90s and 2000s, I did quite like his music. He had about maybe four or five songs. Anyway. I think, well, do you know what his most famous one is? What? I do. Well, I, I just, because I just Googled it, but it's... X gon' give a twitter. Oh, yeah, no, is it? That's his, dude. No, that's Exhibit, isn't it? No, I just checked X it now. X give it... Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just checked it anyway. now. He, I looked up his life. He's had a tragic life. Has he it? was in and out of prison, basically since the 80s, and his mother used to bash him, and he used to go and run away from her, from like... 15 years old and used to like be voluntary homeless and used to hang out with stray dogs and he was in a boy's home for a while tragic story and he's basically been he used to sell weed but then one day this guy gave him weed that had crack in it and then from there he was addicted to crack and then on his wikipedia page there's like this whole list of just crazy shit that he'd done and he's been in prison in and out of his music career basically the whole time. There was one, he used to have like a dog fighting ring. That's awful. About six or eight times he was arrested for animal cruelty because they used to go in the back of his house and like there was, uh, he used to have like all these pit bulls and in cages and stuff. That's terrible. Dude. And you know, was his only punishment for that was that he had to do an animal abuse ad on TV. That's all. That's what all his punishment was. Wait, he had he had an, an animal, um, yeah. a, a dog fighting, sort of, yeah, industry when he was famous. Yeah, he got arrested like three or four times for animal cruelty. That's so evil. Um, and it just said the punishment that he got was just. Um, he had to do a animal rights, dude. I don't know how. I, I don't know how anybody can ever do that. Anyway. I, I, I stepped on a snail when I was about ten, and I still haven't forgiven myself. Yeah, I can't imagine doing that either. Anyway, he died recently. He had a heart attack from an overdose of drugs, and then was in a vegetative state for about three or four days. 
where they tried to keep him alive, but his brain function was just not there. And then he died yesterday at the time of recording this. It's a bit sad because he will forever be paired with um, Prince Philip. (laughs) They died on the same day. DMX, Prince Philip. What a, what a weird day as well, eh? Yeah. Like everybody... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be paired forever yeah. in history. When everyone talks about the famous monarch, Prince Philip, they're like, ah, oh, DMX. Bro. To be fair though, dude, if you saw... I mean, you've seen what Prince Philip looks like nowadays. That guy was predeceased for like a year. Yeah, they probably kept him alive with like dragon's blood. Or, <laughs> you know, the royal family. Dude, that guy was probably plugged into... He was 99. A, he was probably like, they had, like, he was just moving and walking and surviving because they were shooting him full of, like, electricity just to keep his muscles still going. Like, he looked old, man. Yeah. Anyway, DMX. I still, I still, honestly, man, like, there's, there's, there has never been a celebrity death that's really bugged me. The only really? time, the only time ever was, I think, Mac Miller... But not because I loved him, but just because I thought, that dude's fucking talented. Mm. That guy was so talented and he's dead. I think the worst one was probably Ryan Dunn from, from Jackass. Oh, yeah. Just because I, I love Jackass and it was Ryan. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, Ryan Dunn? He was my favorite. And then he died. But other than that, I've never had a celebrity die that I cared about. It didn't hit me at the time, but one that I'm very sad about is Amy Winehouse. And I wasn't sad at the time, but retrospectively, the more I listened to her music, and the more that the pop music scene gets more and more vapid and shallow, especially with female artists, they're all kind of very similar. <gasps> Sexist! No, 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 male artists as well. I looked, I listened to the top 50 the other day. There was not one song that I liked. But she have to objectively say that she was incredibly different from the rest of the crowd, especially when she won Best Album of the Year for Back to Black. I think she was incredibly talented and very, very, very different from what else was in the pop music scene. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And music, uh, yeah, dude, if I listen, like if I go on Spotify and I look, I watch, I listen to today's top hits, most of it's just the same sort of poppy bullshit. Mm. What's happening on music? It's so nice. I wanted to tell you something. Hold on. Remember when you were talking about Exhibit? Do you remember yeah. what show he used to host? Pimp My Rise. Did you did you used to watch it? I love Pimp My Rise. Did did you see his interview about eight months ago about Pimp My Rise? No. So it's the funniest thing I have ever seen. It's pretty much him talking about the show, and the guy is like, like so he let's say he's interviewing. I think he was on like a show. I think it was with like Charlemagne or something. Um, let's just say it's Charlemagne. And Charlemagne is interviewing Exhibit and he's talking about, I was like, what, what was that like, man? And he's like, oh, it was so cool. Um, and he's like, yeah, but, you know, sometimes you would see these, like, really crazy designs with these cars. And it's like, you know, what would people say, you know, how did you feel when they sometimes revealed these cars and the car was, like, purple with four PlayStation 2s in the back with, like, a barbecue in the boot? Yeah, It's just yeah. like that. And Exhibit would just say, he'd just be like, I was blown away. Like, I would literally look at them I'd look at these cars and just be like, oh man, why did they do this? Like, this is so absurd. And he's like, but that's the thing is I would literally just be there to film the intro. Mm. And then I wouldn't see the car. I wouldn't interact with anybody in the crew while they do it. I just came for the reveal. Yeah. I had no input. And he said that eventually he started getting really sort of recognizable because mm. of MTV. He said that a lot of like, 
older white ladies would recognize him and go, oh, you're that man from the TV. And then because he was he had shit to do with this car, he said that people used to ask him if they'd see him at the shopping center. They'd be like, oh, listen, there's something wrong with my car. Can you just come and, come and have a look? And he'd be like, lady, I don't know anything about cars. Yeah. I'm just in front of the camera to say hi and introduce the cars. I take my cars to the same place that you do. Yeah. Oh man, it was so much funnier. Do you know if you actually saw it? I butchered that. The Pimp My Ride show. I watched something that said it was like what you don't know about MTV's Pimp My Ride. And one of the, <laughs> Exposed. One of the facts was that they never did anything to improve the performance of the car. It was only cosmetic. So if that car was a piece of shit. And barely started. <laughs> they just kept it like that. The person got their car back and it was a piece of shit that barely started. But, but now there was a fucking swimming pool in the back. <laughs> it was painted different. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good, dude. I used to love that show. That show is like, yo man, I heard you like cars. So we've put a car inside your car so you can drive that car while you drive. <laughs> That's so good. I remember there was this one episode where this girl really wanted MTV to pay for her to go on a trip to, to Italy. Because, you know, in the beginning, they always go, what do you like? What do you want to do? And then they, they take that and they, yeah. they, they give her a little gift at the end. Yeah. And I remember she, she said, Albert, she was like, my name is Ashley. Da, 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 and my dream is to go to Italy. And I think she was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, what if they actually send me to Italy? And then in the end, all they did is they got her a translation book. Italian uh, to English, and they were nothing. like, yeah, and they were, they were just like, well, I mean, to be honest, you know, they fixed up the car, but I just, I just thought it was so cheeky. How she was so direct. She was like, yeah. oh, I want to go to Italy, thinking that MTV's going to pay for it, and I just never forgot about that. It's like just... there used to be a show in Australia called Better Homes and Gardens, and they used to kind of, oh, I think it's something like that. But it was a show where they used to do up people's houses, right? It was like Pimp My House, basically. Pimp My House. You gotta pimp my house. <laughs> no exhibit, unfortunately. However, they used to go in and, and, and jazz up the interior designs of people's houses. And what I loved about this show was the kids' room. <laughs> because they did basically... What they did on Pimp My Ride, where they interview like this seven-year-old about what they like, and then they just make their room just solely about that one <laughs> thing. Thomas so they, they asked this kid like, "What do you like, little Timmy?" And he's like, ah, "I don't know." It's like, "No, come on, tell us." <laughs> I don't know. Do you like boats? <laughs> boats are okay. <laughs> and then suddenly, this kid's boats. We this, got boats. This kid's. Fucking bed was a boat. <laughs> there was boats on the wall. There was boat. boats on the <laughs> His bed was a boat. The in his door was like a big ship steering. <laughs> <laughs> everything about this kid's life was like a boat. Now and, and everything was boat themed. They're like, we've even bought you six months. On the Sea Shepherd, you're going to be out on the sea for six months. Fishing, <laughs> yeah. earning your keep for this family, working crab fishermen, 12-hour shifts, enjoy it. Yeah, you're going to be catching those massive crabs. You know, like what, was that show? what was that show? Deadliest that was... Catch. Yeah, he's going to be on Deadliest Catch. <laughs> yeah. Better Homes and Gardens, Deadliest <laughs> Catch crossover with little Timmy the seven-year-old. And he's going to be at the bottom of the ocean catching fucking crabs. 
Oh, I heard you like good. boats, Timmy. Are we sending you on deadliest catch? <laughs> Just straight up cuts to this poor kid trying to wrestle with this ginormous crab that's Wave. trying to peck him. Wave, queuing up. <laughs> Come back next week for more homes and gardens. <laughs> Dude, I used to love those stupid fucking shows. Um, there was one that was Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Do you remember mm. that? Kind of, yeah, yeah. That was huge in South Africa. That was It was every Sunday. The prime spot was Sunday at 5 or Sunday at 6. Mm. That was when you'd see the most hardcore, coolest, like, prime shit. And Extreme Makeover Home Edition was always on that. And they would they would always do that. They'd, they'd find this, this family that's so poor. And they'd put that soft piano music at the back. And they talk about how, oh, this poor guy lost a leg in Vietnam. And he hasn't been able to find a job, and his poor family has to eat flies for dinner, fly soup every dinner every night, and they're really struggling. And they can't. And then America, America, the street makeover home edition comes by, and then they build them this amazing, huge ass house. Same sort of deal. When they made it, they'd always like ask the kids, like, "What do you like?" Da, 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 what did my mom and dad? And then they'd pull and they'd reveal the house, and they'd, they'd have Coldplay in the back, like "Fix You," <laughs> with everybody, yeah showing that shit and it was the same thing those houses were very very brittle yeah something that I learned same sort of deal is that those houses were extremely extremely unreliable the walls were very thin the plumbing was crap the um, like the foundation was shit and most of those houses were almost uninhabitable within like 5 to 10 years (laughs) I love those types of shows I was camping with my friend out in Stanthorpe and there was there's like this kind of they're on this big land but there's this this little kind of house and it only there was this old fat back TV that had just free to air so we were just on like Saturday morning we were watching just the crap reality show you know those shows that just get churned out and one of them was test driving and it was learners going for their test. That was the whole show. Who pitches that? And they was like interviewing like the balls driving instructor, and he's like, "Lucy's on her fourth test. Oh. She's got to, <laughs> she's got to pass." And then it like cuts back with, "Or like, she'll get arrested for wasting like, the hell's government kitchen officials kind time. of sound effects, like." And then there's like the the same Aussie voiceover. Oh. Lucy has to do a three-point turn in front of her driving instructor, Gary. And then, like, when they fail, there's, like, a big stamp. Fail. And I'm like, like, this show's fucking amazing. Like a bull brand. Yeah. (laughs) Fail. And there was, like, in the next episode, we see the worst driving test. And this this guy fails in 15 seconds. And I'm like, oh, shit, this looks awesome. And then they didn't play the next episode. It went on to some other show. And I was like, oh. (laughs) I wanted to see that. I was just getting into that. (laughs) And it's like, they're, like, like, do it up so much. Like, you won't believe what happens next week. It will churn your stomach. <laughs> when I went for my driving test, <laughs> I saw the quickest fail of all time. So it's, I don't know what it's like in South Africa. But in Australia, there's major fails and minor fails. You're allowed three minor fails. 
but you're only allowed one major fail. If you do a major fail on a technique or a maneuver, the test is immediately over. But if you like don't check your mirror, that's like a minor fail, and you're allowed three of those before your test is over. So I'm getting ready. Um, I mean, like I had a lesson just before my test to kind of warm myself up a little bit. So I'm with my driving instructor and I'm exiting the DMV and I see a guy who has, he was just on a lesson and he's gone in and he's with his instructor and this is the big test now. And he looks, he's about my age, but at the time, maybe like 17 and he looks really nervous and he's like, oh, here we go. And the test starts, he drives out. Cut some guy off. <laughs> Fail. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the, dude. The test would have gone about six seconds. I'm not even joking. <laughs> and my instructor was like, just mouth agape, going, that was the shortest test I've ever seen anyone take. Just immediately, major fail. He was exiting the DMV, cut someone off, Really badly, and then he just turned around straight back. That is so funny. Um, and the thing is, you probably have to like wait a while to get yeah. another booking. It was the same sort of deal in South Africa. We, you kind of have to, um, it's like a four month, five month booking, depending mm-hmm. on where you go. And I failed my first test, but I think the guy failed me on purpose, if I'm honest, because I, pre- I prepared for maybe about three months. Mm-hmm. And I was so confident that I was going to get it. And how it works there is you get kind of a point for every mistake you make. And then if you get yeah. 50 points, then you fail. Okay. And we did the whole test and the guy literally gave me 51 points. Ugh. So I thought to myself, man, that's just, that doesn't seem right. And the, the reason that he failed me was because he said that I didn't turn my body enough when I was looking at my mirrors. And nobody had ever told me that. I just I just said to him like, come on man, like that's a bit ridiculous, you know. And in the end, I failed. Uh, straight the second I left, I went to the um, the same municipality. Went to go speak to the head guy there, and I asked him if I can please rebook. And I told him that I think I was failed unfairly. He booked me in for two days later uh, with a different instructor. I did the exact same thing, and I got three points instead yeah. of fifty-one. So I think that that first guy uh, failed me on purpose, hundred percent. But it was a big deal, man. I was so excited to get mine, to get my driver's license. And you know what? I'm not even sure if I showed you, but I got my uh, Queensland driver's license. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you don't need to to redo a test if you come to this country with a driver's license. Then you can just get it straight straight transferred, um, which is absurd. Because I could have... There's different standards in yeah, different countries. But no, no. I th- honestly thought that it would make sense for me to sit a test again. Yeah. Because you could come from Brazil, have a driver's license there, and come here and just get it straight transferred. And then you don't have to worry about sitting for a test. And driving is very different in different countries. Of course, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all different like rules. Like in Italy, you can park basically... Oh, nice. Look at that me shing nice do you normally get the five-year one or the one-year one uh as much as i can so in italy the rules are if, if your car can fit you can park wherever you want or in india there's like just no rules whatsoever there's little people on those little tuk-tuks and it 
whenever I see footage, that's absolutely crazy. Even in other countries, they drive on the other side of the road. So if you come to Australia, even driving city to city is, is very different. Like, I hate driving in Melbourne because it's this completely different from the way 100%, it is in man. There's something called, you got to turn left to turn right in Melbourne because there's trams. So you go in the middle of the intersection in this little waiting bay and you turn left and then you just got to wait for the incoming traffic and then you turn right. Oh, it's horrible. For the, the, I'm going to share this story to the listeners of when we stopped in at the Bodlo before camping <laughs> to get some drinks. And Sheldon acted like the most suspicious guy I've I ever about seen. That. He acted like a lying guy, even though <laughs> he was being completely honest. We got some beers and we we're at the counter and the guy's like, can I see some ID, lads? And Sheldon gets his... Perfectly legal, <laughs> accurate driver's license out from South Africa. And he's like, there's me. <laughs> See, look at my face. And he's like pointing at the picture. And he's like, See, I'm overage. Nothing wrong here. And I'm like, What are you doing? I'm legal. Why, are you, buy this alcohol? <laughs> Why are you talking like a lying guy? <laughs> it's because people. And the I've... guy was like, Ah, uh, what? country is that from and he's like it's from south africa look <laughs> look at my date of birth look. <laughs> wait did i ever tell you about when i got when i tried to make a fake id no oh no. dude this is the funniest thing so i was probably about 12 and we went to durban myself my dad and um my stepbrother at that time and i wanted to go to a bar i wanted to go to nightclub. i was 12 so stupid you know 12 and 12 or 13 and i wanted to go to a bar <laughs> yeah and um I, I was speaking to my to my stepbrother who was probably like twenty four at the stage and he's like, Oh well why don't you go get a fake ID made? I was like, Man, how the where can I get that done? He's like, Well, if you could pretty much go to like a, a you know, like a printing shop and just get it made make it nice on, on, on Microsoft, whatever. If you really put in the effort, get a solid piece of paper, nice size, get it laminated, it could look real. Mm. You know, get a photo of yourself over the thing. Just Google student card or something. It looks like you're in university. Yeah. And even as I'm sitting in front of you right now, I still don't look 18. So imagine <laughs> when I was 12. Yeah. I'm 25. So eventually I went into this stupid Postnet store and I make a student card and I put so much effort into it and I get it printed and it said that I was from the University of New Zealand. Oh. I get it printed and so I say to the man, um, I'd like to get this printed, please. He's like, send it to this printer. And I was like, and I want to get it laminated as well. So I haven't seen it up until this point. He's like, you want to get it laminated? And I was like, yes. Eventually, he prints it. He laminates it. I haven't seen it. He brings it out. And it's about the size of a CD case. <laughs> but it's supposed to be like a student card. It's yeah. the size of a bank card. But it's humongous. And it's a photo of um, my, like my Facebook profile picture. So it's just me in a restaurant. You know, and I couldn't change anything on the actual student card. So the name was there, the date of birth, all that sort of stuff. And it pretty much said that I was at that time 27. I was going to, to the University of New Zealand and my name, which I was absolutely going to stick to, was Samuel Sample Card. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Sample Card. And uh, I just took it and I was like, oh, thank you so much, sir. 
and I just, I obviously never used it. Imagine a bouncer, dude, a 12 year old kid tries to get into your nightclub and he pulls out this humongous A3 sized piece of paper with this weak flimsy lamination with this photo of me at a restaurant and the name is Samuel Sample Card. Can I get in please? I was just too scared and I just never Mr. Sample Card, we've been expecting you. <laughs> yeah. Are you the Samuel Sample Card? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, dude. <laughs> you get caught up in some mafia gang war. Yeah, I don't even know how I got here. Sir, Mr. Samuel, sample cards just been checked in <laughs> at the entrance Is of it... the casino. But we weren't expecting Sample card! <laughs> I get a fright. But we weren't expecting him for another hour. I he looks Samuel younger. Samuel Card was dead. <laughs> Samuel Sample, you killed my great grandfather in the war of O2. It's like, oh my god, what have I done? Some guy slams the table. <laughs> Sample card! <laughs> so stupid. You get a bag over your head, chucked in the back of a van. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that was a pretty good one. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it at that one, my good friend. Guys, thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. Liam, any closing remarks from your side? Um, no. Brilliant. I don't think I'm... I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, and I'm pretty happy with that ending as well. So I'm gonna fake leave ideas. There. I don't even know what I would have done if I got in, dude. I was twelve, man. I'd never had a beer before. It was easier back in the day when it was paper and lemonade because you could just apparently, if you got your student, you had like a card, like a library card or whatever, and if you got it, you could hot off the press. You could um, peel the lemonade back and then scan the paper and change it, print it out, put it back in the laminate. That was the tactic. You know? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. <clears throat> I just think, um, I think I'd be too nervous if I had to do it. I'd be too worried about something being like, dude, this is so obviously fake. Like, <laughs> piss off. You know, I think I'd be too scared. But I had been, like, not to sound cool or anything like that, but, um, like, I started, like, I had my first beer when I was, like, 12. Whoa. I remember actually. Do you know how I how I how I kind of got a little bit drunk the first time? Yeah. Was I was at my uncle's with my mom, and I kept on offering to throw in like to pour beers. I mean to, to pour drinks for everybody. So what I would do is I'd go, "Hey, who wants a drink?" I'd be I'd be twelve, twelve or thirteen, and they'd go, "Oh yeah, okay, you can you can make me a drink, Sheldon, no problem," because it's like a you know close knit family. Yeah. And what I would do is I'd throw in the ice and then the soda water and then the whiskey on top, and then I'd pretend to taste it. But because it's the whiskey on uh, at the top, I'd just pretty much be drinking like a shot of whiskey. And then I'd pour in some more whiskey. I'm like, oh, it's not strong enough, whatever. And then you just do that for about an hour. And then after that time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a bit drunk, whatever this, whatever this means. And um, I never got into trouble or anything like that. That's how you, for the listeners, that's still how he gets his buzz on today. That <laughs> camping. Dude, I was... Can I make some drinks, guys? Like, Sheldon, you're 25. You, <laughs> you can to... drink. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I always thought about what that would have been like if uh, if I had a prank show and I was working in a bar and then every time I would pour a drink for somebody, I'd taste it and be like, that's good. And then give it a drink. <laughs> and just kind of film their reactions and just have people be like, or, or do the finger, like, like twirl yeah. it with your finger and then, oh, there you go, man. Or like twirl it and then pour and then do it again and then be like, there you go. This is well, just keep tasting it until there's nothing left in the glass and then go, ah, it's good now. Yeah, yeah. Like, take like a big swig. So you take like, so you drink almost like half of it. You go, there you go. Thanks, man. Dude, I used to be a bartender for a long ass time. 
It was the funnest job, dude. It was it would so be all right. better than a barista. Oh yeah, of course. Because well, I used to work at a nightclub, and when you work at a nightclub, it's like you're clubbing. Yeah, it would you be. obviously can't go onto the dance floor, but like you're there. You know, you can see the dance floor depending on at which bar you're stationed. But like I used to get stationed at this one bar in particular that was on the dance floor. It was like the dance floor's mm. um, bar. But people would always go to the main one anyway. So this one was relatively quiet. But you'd be there and the people would come up to you and they'd talk to you and they'd buy you a drink and you could have it because it was South Africa, you know? Yeah. Next podcast, we should talk about the crappy jobs that we've had. Oh, man. You know, do, you how many, do you know how many jobs I've had in my life? How many? Take a guess. Since I... 10. 24. Oh, all right. Next podcast, we're talking about the crappiest jobs that we've ever had. All right. Thanks, home dogs. Right. See you guys in the next See you one. next time. Thanks, guys.